You buy a car, it's going to cost you something to maintain it. The Car Doctor. Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's Ron and Anian. And you should know it. With each glance and every little movement you show it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines and step into the garage with me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, at your service for the next two hours on most of these affiliates and podcasts. Phone number is 855-560-9900. Step in and give us a call. Let's get under the hood together and talk about your car and its problems. More information about this radio show at cardoctorshow.com. We're on podcasting at TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes, of course. And, of course, we're going to ask you if you could please possibly click subscribe if you have that option or if you're using a portable player and kick our podcast numbers up as uh, it helps us stay here and it helps us when we go back and talk to our sponsors for that thing we call the business side of radio which happens from time to time but anyway i am here for the next two hours this hour at least and uh, we're here to talk to you about your car problem 855-560-9900 the car doctor's 24 7 number i was driving this morning i don't know if i want to start here or i want to start here i want to talk about p0128 real common fault code I see a lot this time of year. P0128 is an OBD2 code, so it means that you're going to see it if your vehicle is 1996 and newer at some point in its life. And it is a fault with the engine determining that the cooling system is not coming up to temp. The engine's not coming up to temp fast enough. Uh, you know, it is usually caused by a thermostat. It can be a temp sender. It can be connection. But, you know, on a scale of, you know, out of 10 cases, probably 75 80% of the time, it is a bad thermostat, and the other 2%, the other 2 out of that 10, uh, rather, is is you know something, a sender, a connection, something like that. And, you know, it's going to happen. I'm not here to talk to you about how to prevent it, but I am here to talk to you about the importance of it, because I don't think you're understanding its value and its merit. Here's my, here's my argument. Here's my conversation. 2008, Ford Focus came into the shop this week. And she has had a P0128 for the better part of two years. And we see her occasionally. She's not a steady customer, but it's a, you know, it's a once every seven, eight months, 10 month thing. And the conversation keeps coming up. But in her words, the car still runs, Ron, and I have no other problems other than that the check engine light is on. The issue is P0128 says that the vehicle is not warming up in the correct time. Some car manufacturers may say it's six minutes, some may say it's eight minutes, and so on, but it's just for that vehicle, by its guidelines, it's not warming up fast enough. It's not coming up to temperature quick enough, and that's important. Like you, the car does its best work when it's fully warmed up, wide awake, and ready to go. If it's off by 10 degrees, imagine if you were off by 10 degrees, although if you were off by 10 degrees, you'd be dead, but if you were off by three degrees, how cold or hot you'd be in, in, in proportion, how well would you work? So you could get by, but you're not at peak efficiency. Same thing with a car. So if your car has a P0128, a, 
a check engine light on and you're getting this nagging, hey, temp fault code, don't ignore it because you're doing some long-term damage whether you realize it or not. Just because it runs well isn't a testament to the minuteness of the problem. It's a testament to the power of the computers that are controlling the cars today and that they can keep them running and put them in bypass modes and, and, and still make them go down the block and do what they have to do. P0128 can be set by a thermostat that opens as much as 8 degrees too early, 6 degrees too early. It doesn't take a lot. And if it's a newer vehicle, the newer it is, the tighter the window of failure. The damage you're going to do from P0128, poor fuel economy. If the engine temperature is low or lower than spec, the engine is going to run a slightly richer fuel combination trying to make up for it. you got to remember, in the days of carburetor, the engine would be on choke when it was cool or cold. It's running rich. It's running richer electronically because it's seeing a lower temp sensor. It doesn't realize, although maybe on a newer vehicle, you may see some computer software that gets around it and says, hey, the guy behind the wheel, the nut behind the wheel, the person behind the wheel is ignoring this fault code, so we'll run a we'll run a fixed pattern. But even then, at a fixed pattern, that vehicle isn't at optimal performance, and it's definitely not going to get optimal fuel economy. If you're running a richer-than-normal mixture, what else are you doing? You're damaging the oil. You're, you're, you're thinning out the oil. You're fuel fouling or fuel washing the oil. You're putting extra fuel through the motor. At some point, it's going to cause the oil to break down sooner and affect its longevity. And then, you know, there's the wear and tear on the oxygen sensors and the catalytic converters and a bunch of other components that are going to overwork because you're always running a fixed, rich condition. So that P0128, like a lot of other codes that everybody says, well, it just it runs okay, I'm going to ignore it, is really doing some long-term damage. It's almost like the gas cap code, right? Everybody knows P0456. What is that? It's a gas cap code. Everybody says, oh, P0456, it's got a leak in the system. First thing everybody does is crank on the gas cap. I'll fix it. Every brother-in-law, uncle, father. And every individual that thinks they know something about cars goes out there, reaches the gas cap, and then they take it to the mechanic because the check engine light still stays on, and they don't understand why it still stays on, because it hasn't run its cycles and it hasn't seen enough of a pass in order for it to clear the uh, light. And then when the mechanic goes to check it, he doesn't find a problem with the gas cap that was not tightened, and there's some diagnostics that go into it to find out there's nothing wrong with it at this moment because somebody was trying to help them, and they tightened the gas cap. Don't touch the gas cap. The bottom line is P0128. Yeah, the thermostat code we started off talking about here, and we'll call it that because I think that's how most of you relate to it. It's pretty darn important. Engine temperature is pretty darn critical. So if you've got a 128, don't sit there and say, boy, I can't wait for June, then it won't really matter because, well, it will. Long term, it will. And remember this, for every day that check engine lights on, regardless of the fault code, you're allowing the vehicle to run in some sort of less-than-perfect software condition. The computer's counteracting and controlling, and you're running the risk of creating a second problem that may or may not come to light until it's at a critical moment because the check engine light is already on. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. I just want to touch on one other thing, this, this, this opening segment here, and then we'll take your phone calls after the pause. Is it me, or has America gone nuts in the way that they drive? Do, do we do anything? i got to have a little rant here. I'm sorry. Two minutes. Just, just 120 seconds, and I can do this in 120 seconds. i got 120 seconds to break. Have you noticed 
we're driving with liquid on the dashboard again. Three cases of it this week. The fourth was this morning. I'm pulling up next to somebody on the highway, and they've got a an open plastic container of it looked like chicken soup on the dashboard. Now, I, I don't know what this is like, but the only way I could explain it to you in layman's terms is, here's what I want you to do, all right? I want you to take a bowl of chicken soup or water, put it on your desktop or laptop computer, then strap it to the roof of your car and drive down the road at 60 miles an hour and hit a few bumps. See what happens, all right? Because if you can win that game, you better go to Vegas because you can run the table, all right? You're driving a giant computer. Keep liquids, electro- keep liquids, magnets, and anything else that can damage an electronic device away from any place where it could fall. Trust me, there's more electronics behind that dashboard than you can imagine. People go, well, it's just a dashboard. There's nothing there. The engine's up front. The... No, no, you don't understand, okay? So for that person driving with the bowl of chicken soup on the, on the dashboard I saw this morning, I, I passed you because I was afraid to drive next to you, and I hope you experienced the same bump I did. I just hope your car survived it because uh, I'm sure that chicken soup went flying. No liquids on dashboards, folks. No liquids in coffee cup holders. You know, the dumbest things cars engineers ever did was, and I'll give you a perfect example. Everybody raise your hand. How many of you are driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee? Okay. That coffee cup holder that's right down there by the shifter, do you know what's under that coffee cup holder? The shift control module. You spill a little bit of that coffee with the sugar and the milk down into that shifter, and it gets onto that module. If the shift interlock device continues to work, which will be a miracle unto itself, hopefully it doesn't work its way into the module, and now you need a computer. There's probably 35 to 40 modules or computers on the average car today. Some of the midline, highline vehicles, 120, 130, it's not impossible. Stop putting liquids around the car. As far as I'm concerned, the only way I'll put a liquid in a vehicle is a water bottle with a cap on it. And when I'm not drinking it, the cap's screwed on. So the dollars you save will be your own. You've been warned. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie, the car doctor, coming back to open it up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. We're on the the car doctor at 855-560-9900. The car doctor's 24-7 number. Let's get those garage doors open. Go talk to Greg in South Dakota, 2010 Ford F-250. Greg, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, I just got a couple questions for you, Ron. I bought my uh, 250 back in October. Uh, Coming up on my first oil change here, wondering first uh, what type of oil I should be looking at running in this thing. I like in my diesels. Uh, in, in diesel vehicles, I still like my Shell Rotella 1540 if that's a viscosity rating for that vehicle. All right. Um, a lot of the diesel guys run the Rotella. There's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of specific additives for diesel. And I'm pretty certain that if it's not a 1540 rating, there are other ratings of Rotella that you can find by either looking at their website or getting out to uh, probably O'Reilly Auto Parts and, and seeing what they have offering online as well. But I, I like the Shell Rotella. I've used it all the time. 
I like to do my diesel oil changes, 5,000-mile intervals. Sometimes some guys will go a little longer. I look at the expense of a diesel in in terms of what it costs to buy that truck, and I like taking a little bit better care of that. If I treat cars with kid gloves, I treat diesels with white gloves and just trying to take better care of them. Gotcha. Second question, I'm going to need to put a set of tires on it uh, probably in the next couple of months. I know you really recommend uh, General. I'm just curious. I'm uh, looking at the General HTS. Uh, sound right? Grab or HTS 60 right. or something? Do you, are, you, are you looking for a knobby tire, Greg, or are you looking for more of a uh, highway tire, something a little, a little quiet? More of a more of a highway. We do pull a travel trailer and a boat at times. Uh, in fact, we've actually got a, a, a rather large trip to Utah this summer, and I'm going to be pulling the travel trailer, so I want something that'll okay. that'll handle that well. Yeah, I, I like the Generals for a couple of reasons. Um, like, as you say, the General Tire HTS is a great tire. It's, it's what I consider their highway version versus the ATS. Uh, you know, both good tires. It's just one's going to be a little quieter on the open road. It's got a it's got a closed outside lug. Um, it's got a nice sipe, which is the portion of the tire that helps direct water away. It does that real well. Um, you know, one of the things I like about General, and, and the problem with the tire business today is that there are so many choices. I always this is this is probably my number one factor, especially in your case. You're going to be traveling. You put those tires on in South Dakota. And you travel to wherever you're going, Colorado or, or what have you. You're, you're you're far from home. General is a national brand. You're going to find those tires everywhere. Whereas you buy something specific. A lot of people are turning now, trying to save money, which I don't understand for a lot of reasons. The Chinese tires. There's no other way to say it. The the offshore cheaper tires. That when you have an issue, where you're going to get a replacement because it seems to be specific to your neck of the woods. All right. Um, are there other tires to look at? Yeah, Cooper makes a good tire. Firestone makes a good tire. But right now, probably the number one seller I've got going on in the shop is the HTS, both in the truck and in the car version, so or in the SUV version. So um, yeah, definitely you're 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 on you're on the right uh, you're on the right path there. I'll say it like that. Okay. Last thing I got for you before we go on this trip, I kind of want to have uh, someone. You know, take a look through everything and make sure we're maybe preventing some problems okay. uh, before they might happen. So anything I should be asking about in terms of things that a mechanic might want to look at before we go? You ever, you ever, uh, you ever, you ever own a diesel, Greg? Have you owned a diesel before? No, no. Okay. No, first one. Okay, so diesels are all about this. Diesels are all about the oil change. They're all about fuel. All right? We don't say gas with a diesel. We try not to, but it's all about fuel, and it's all about fuel filters. Okay. So, you know, it's fuel system maintenance, fuel filter replacement, oil filter, and oil ch- oil change maintenance, okay? If you're going to be towing, it's just like a gas engine. You want to, you know, when was the last time the trans fluid was replaced? Axles, front and rear, okay? Brake fluid, coolant is very critical on a diesel vehicle, on a Ford in particular. They're going to call for some very specific coolant. Make sure whatever the manufacturer recommends, that's what you put in there, okay? How many miles? Gotcha. How many miles are on this? Uh, only about seventy-eight thousand. Okay, you know it's seventy-eight thousand. It's seven years old now. It would probably be a great time, especially if you're going to be towing. I'd put a thermostat in it. I do. I do upper and lower radiator hoses. I do a belt. I do a tensioner. Some you know basic solid maintenance because it's going to be absolutely no fun having any problems, you know, with the trailer out on the road with the family. This yeah, summer. yeah. You know this is this absolutely. is the moment. Uh, you know, this is the moment you find out the road is a very unforgiving place. 
and <laughs> you, you know you want to just have a have a nice safe smooth trip and i would tell you to do it you know when are you leaving on your trip and not till the end of may okay so i would do it early april gives the mecha- okay. gives the mechanic a chance to you know absorb it for a week look it over maybe let him drive it home one night okay let him put in, and we're going to you know, tell him we want some really good quality parts. A motorcraft thermostat would be wonderful here. All right? Uh, it's a diesel. I'm real fussy on my diesel, on my Ford trucks. Um, and, you know, things like that. And then belts and hoses, uh, correct coolant, and then drive it for a couple of weeks. And, you know, no problems, nothing. You know, new doesn't mean good in my book. You know that. And, and, and I, you know why. You know, it's, I'm just being real sensitive here because I can imagine this – you know this F two fifty out on the road towing a travel trailer behind it. I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that passes you on the interstate, going, "Oh, was that Greg? Nuts! I uh, I should have told him about this." Okay, so uh, I want to make sure you get there because it sounds like you're going to be going around Memorial Day weekend when it's warm out. So, yeah. All right, brother. Cool. Appreciate right. it. So, but um, you know, do that, and uh, we'll go there naturally. You can get out online, GeneralTire.com. And uh, see more. You can also get out and talk to and look at O'ReillyAuto.com if you're looking for parts. And if you got any questions about Shell Rotella, you can call them or get out to get out to PennzoilSynthetics.com. I realize that's Pennzoil, but I think Pennzoil and Shell are sister companies to one another. And you'll find a cross link at their website for you know Shell, and you can uh, look at the Shell Rotella there as far as the oil itself. All right. And keep in mind the oil fil- the oil filter and the fuel filter are just as critical. Here's a case where, yeah, good old Wix filters, and make sure you're draining the water out of the system, out of the fuel system. Let your mechanic go through it, and uh, you'll be just fine. Good luck to you, Greg. Have a good trip, and uh, send us a postcard wherever you end up. And we'll be looking forward to that. I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this. back running into the car doctor by the way we're giving away a 25 dollars gift card um this hour or next i'm not sure which it's uh, up to the judge tom ray the man behind the uh, telephone so when you call in if you butter up tom he'll uh he'll think about it i guess we're giving away a 25 dollars gift card for o'reilly auto parts batteries brakes and the o'reilly O rewards program find out more at o'reillyauto.com just how good of an auto parts store they really are and uh, tony you had a question i'm sorry you know um i'm i've been with you going on two years now it'll be three in in may and I remember the first time I started working with you was a gentleman that called you from, from um, Virginia. His name was Ellis. Haven't heard from him in a while. And when is he okay? Is he still with us? Ellis. Wasn't Ellis, you're right. Wasn't Ellis the, 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 the gentleman, he was partially blind? Yes, and had all these cars in his backyard that his wife didn't know about. Right, in the cornfield. Yes. Right, and he was driving around the cornfield. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't thought about Ellis in a while. Yeah. So we should, uh, let's put a call out. I wonder if Ellis, if you are. APP out to Ellis in, yeah. in Virginia. Yeah, and, and, and we, we want an all-points bulletin out to Ellis in Virginia. It was a Virginia or West Virginia. I think it was Virginia. Yeah, yeah, Virginia. I, I, I think it was Virginia. Ellis, if you're still listening, give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to know how you're doing and uh you know, we want to know if the car collection has grown. I remember he had like old Cadillacs, and yeah, I remember that. And I could just see him out there and driving out there in the cornfields because he said there wasn't much he could hit. At least he could still get to drive his cars. You know, I've forgotten about him. It's been a while. Has it only been three years? Wow. I love you, Tony. Oh. Oh. Love you too. Okay, baby. Let's uh, let's go over and talk to Lee in Bangor, Maine, 2000 Dodge Stratus. Lee, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Uh, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. 
I have a 2000 Dodge Stratus. It's been a great little car. But as you know, it's an old car, and um, I had to replace quite a few parts. Okay. I was going to give it to my grandson, but got him another car. Okay. Um, I put some money in it at good about 1800 And the last guy that worked on it uh, mentioned that it had some rust underneath, and he was afraid to touch the brake lines. Because... Uh, yeah. The brake lines themselves are rustingly? Yeah. Okay. So and so he was afraid to touch it that it might. So he suggested to keep the car and just run it. But where I put so many new parts in it, I mean, uh, the only thing with it, everything works except for the, the heater comes on, but it's not very warm. Right. And, you know, living here in May, you need that heat. Sure, yeah. Um, so let me, let me, I was wondering what you suggest. Well, let me let me give you the perspective this way, if I can get this right. I, I know I know what my mind wants to say. I'm trying to think of how my mouth is going to put it. Um, after the house burns down, you don't wash the carpet. All right, it's it's it, it's kind of over. So, yeah. regardless of how much money you've put in this car, if the brake uh-huh. if the brake lines are rusted to the point that the mechanic is concerned about their safety and functionality, uh-huh. brakes are pretty important. All right. Yeah. I don't have to tell you. Um, you know, it's either it's either invest in an anchor, something you can eject from the trunk, and you know, all kidding around the side. It's it's a dangerous situation yes, because when the line fails, it's it can be over in the blink of an eye. Sure. So you know, I think at this point, it's you've got to have a real evaluation done. You know, and somebody's got to look at it and say, okay, uh, you know, I, you can't you can't drive it just because you spent money on fixing it, all right? Uh-huh. The bad decision has already been made. Don't make another uh-huh. bad one. Yeah. All right? You know, okay. the the bad decision was let's put $1,800 into the car that's 18 years old that, that you know, somebody didn't see or somebody didn't want to mention the rusty brake lines. Uh-huh. So, you know, that, to me, the onus falls on wherever that be, that was. You know, and I don't want to get on a soapbox, Lee. Part of part of my mindset, somebody brings a car to the shop, they're counting on me to do the right thing. All right? A rising tide lifts all boats. And, you know, I, I have told many a person, car's not worth fixing, and here's why. Uh-huh. And exactly for this scenario. All right? Yeah. Monday, I've got a 95-gram marquee coming in with rusted, blown brake lines. They've known about it for... A year, they. Mm-hmm. I just saw the car two weeks ago. Did some service, mentioned it again. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're aware of it. It finally happened. You know I have clear conscience, but you know I'm glad it's coming in so I can fix it. And it's going to be a mess. It'll it'll take some doing. But mm-hmm. my my point is, you know, if somebody doesn't make you aware of it, then that's their obligation as a mechanic. And, right. and, and that's where I think it. Let me ask you a question. You said the last fellow to work on it. Do you have one mechanic you use on a regular basis, or do you? Are you? Are you? I have a couple. If one's busy, you know, I go to the other guy. Right. Um, how many doctors do you have? <laughs> one. Okay. How come? Uh, well, I trust. I like. I like her. Okay. How, yeah. come, how come you have three, two or three mechanics? 
Do you trust? No, no, him? I have two. Okay. When the other guy can't fix it, uh, I, I go to the other guy if he has the time. Who do you, you think? I mean? Who do you think's the better mechanic? Uh, gee, I mean, they're both pretty good, and I thought they were pretty honest with me and fair. And, and this could have just been an honest mistake too. Maybe you know, maybe it was a busy day in the shop, and they didn't. You know, you didn't ask for it. They didn't. They didn't do it. I think part of the responsibility falls on both parties uh, to an extent. Also, you know, I th- I think the vehicle owner has to ask the mechanic, "Hey, it's it's been a year. It's been two years. It's been three years. I I, I you need to give the car a stick out your tongue and say, ah, oh, it it needs to get a checklist. It needs to be looked at. It needs to be, you know, I I like to do a stick out your tongue and say, ah, oh, checklist once a year. I don't care whether yeah. the car goes five hundred miles or or, or fifty thousand miles." All right, it's 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 an annual physical in my mind, you yeah. know, and 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 one of those things on that physical is looking at you know rust and fuel line, brake line, chassis, rust in general, floor pan, things like that, and you know, one precaution as a note to always remember before I let you go, when you're dealing with an older car, was it eighteen hundred dollars all at once? Was it brakes, tires? Oh, no, stuff no, or... it's just here and there. You know, I have new tires. I got right. a new battery. Right. I was, like I said, I was going to give it to my grandson for, for back and forth right. to work. Right. And so I kept it. I got an, I have another car, but um, now I'm kind of stuck with it. I mean, I thought about running it, but like you said, it is scary. It's, it's a, a time bomb. Line, so. It's, you know, it's, it's, just a, it's just a problem waiting to happen, and it's breaks. Yeah. So maybe you pick one of the two mechanics and say, okay, listen— you know, can I leave this with you? Can you do it as, you know, we call it a shop job, all right? Uh-huh. When when the shop is slow and, you know, if 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 if, if the shop's labor rate is $100 an hour, now we're going to do it at $75 an hour because that's a that's a by-the-hour job. There's no, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, it's going to take two hours. Rusted brake lines can be two days' work, uh-huh. all right? And if you use it as something for the shop to pick at, and do with their leisure if they're not in a rush and they're willing to play got the game. It. You know yeah, what? You, you can save a few bucks. But now, sure. you know if you're gonna if you're gonna put what could be seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars worth of brake repair into the car. Oh, brother! To yeah. sell it, you know, we'll start doing the math. If they're on at eight hours, eight times one is a is eight hundred dollars. If they're on at eight times seventy five, it's a little less. If they're on at a day and a half, all of a sudden it's a thousand dollars in labor. But if yeah. if you're putting a thousand dollars or or twelve. $1,400, whatever it is, you got some material, brake line, fluid, solvent, etc. If you're going to put that kind of time and money in it, you you, you got to keep the car. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah, right. Where, whereas the other way to look at it is you are up in Maine. You know, it's it's another, another perspective to look at this from is you're up in Maine. People up there are used to it. There might be a mechanic up there going, gee, I can fix that Dodge Stratus. I can fix those rusty brake lines. That'll just take me... You know, four Saturdays at the house with my wife yelling at me and my kids playing with the dog outside the house and going, come on, Dad, let's go. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and sometimes that works the best, too. Sell the car. Yeah. You know what? I've got this 2000 Stratus. I just put tires, brakes, fluids, whatever, da 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 uh, you know, and down the road. Yeah. So it's if you want to get out of it, you don't put money. You don't put money in the car to get out of it. You get out of okay. it the best you can. Uh, okay. Like like real estate. When you're dealing with cars, your first loss is your best loss. Got it. So yeah. All right. Okay. So, all right. But um, do that, and you know, think about the two mechanics, and I, I'm just, I will. I'm a proponent. Uh, what do you think is up with the uh, with the heater that it blows heat, but it's not hot, hot. Is the check en- is the check engine light on? 
No. Okay, so here's the deal. If the check engine light were on, and provided somebody scans this and they don't come back with a P0128 like I was talking about at the top of the hour with a, with, a, with, with what could be a thermostat issue, a thermostat uh-huh. not holding temp, my guess would be that the engine temp is normal because the thermostat's functioning properly, but if the air is cool or cooler than it's supposed to be, either the blend door, the positioning of the temp control is inaccurate. The blend door. The blend door. Uh-huh. All right. Or, and what's more likely, the heater core itself is coated on the inside. There's a coating of uh, calcium, and it's 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 restricted. A good old fashioned heater core back flush would probably help it. But then you have okay. to then you have to say to yourself, where'd the contaminant come from? It came from inside the engine block. So maybe getting rid of this car, you're doing it at the right moment because you're headed to spending more money for it. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. All right, thank you. You're very welcome, Lee. Good luck to you, and uh, good luck with your decision about which mechanic to pick. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car, Doctor. Let's uh, get over I it. Think, um, I think we have a problem. Uh-oh. The law is on the phone. They want to talk to you. Is that what it means by Officer Bob? Yes. Uh, what is it? What is it? Now what did you guys do? Uh, Us. Well, <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm, I've been sitting behind the chair. I haven't done anything. I haven't left. This chair doesn't go faster than seven miles an hour. Yeah, sure. Mm, trust me. Um, I'm the mechanic. I should know. I worked on it. Officer Bob, Springfield, Illinois. How can I help you, sir? Welcome to the car, Doctor. Mr. Ananian, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, what can I do for you? Anything for the boys and girls in blue, you know that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I have a 2006 uh, Ford Crown Victoria. It's my uh, son's college car. He called me uh, a while back, told me that he was losing coolant, that it wasn't going on the ground, and he, there was steam on the engine when after he drove some. Okay. We... we uh, Figured out that it was leaking in the manifold gasket, intake manifold gasket, and Googled it and found out that there's been a lot of problems with those during that time frame, I guess. Right, yep, yeah. We, we pulled it off, we put on new gaskets, put the put it back on, and, and when we pulled it out, that now I'm not a mechanic, so if I say which of my call it or thingamajig. Yeah, I get it. I, I used to, I used to, I, I still see the, I still see the thingamabob every once in a while. So, um, uh, the, the cavity where the intake ma- manifold gasket sits, uh, I mean, there was probably about an inch or two of, Gouge. of coolant in there. Yeah. You okay. know, we got that out of there, but when we put it, when we put it back together, uh, the front end of that intake manifold, uh, there's, there's a metal part and the thermostat goes into that. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right underneath that, where the, where the, thermostat would be there was still a small leak so i went ahead and got another i just went ahead and got a new intake manifold put that on and then there's still a, a very small leak in that spot where it would be like right under the right where the two where halves the, would mate together right. so is the area that it mates against was that pitted and gouged was that corroded at all it didn't didn't appear to be but 
I mean, that would be my guess that maybe right. there's something there. So if, it, if if we're trying to combat, you know, pimples on the surface of the ceiling area, uh-huh. you know, it, it's I, I've been down this road. Um, you know, you pull the intake off. You're not going to pull the heads. It gets to be too costly. All right. Um, right. For, first of all, it would be nice if we if we knew exactly where it was coming from. All right. So we know where to focus our attention. If you if you start this up and run it. Do you do you see steam? Do you see signs of coolant? Well, just in that one spot, right below where the thermostat is. Okay. Uh, I guess down where the um. And you've got a coil fr- pack would be right. You've got a fresh. You've got a fresh gas. No, I'm trying to think. Is there? There's got to be a gasket there, right, Bob? Is there a fresh gasket right. there? Yeah. There well, is. Well, when we when when I bought the new intake, there was a gasket. Kind of incorporated, right? In. It's right. It's it's an impreg. That's right. This is an impregnated gasket into the bottom of the intake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, Bob. Right. Hang on. Tony says I got to pull over and take a pause. Sit tight. Let me go. Let me go and uh, pay some bills here for a couple of minutes, and then we'll be right back. I'm running any in the car, doctor. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's get right back to Bob in Springfield, Illinois. Bob, you're still there? I am, sir. So this is, you're talking about the portion of the intake. There's um, like four red or brown or um, uh, maroon intake gaskets, and then the, the ends are uh, a blue or a green, a different color gasket where the, where the um, end corners of the intake bolt down to the cylinder head. You're talking it's leaking in the end corners? Right. Okay. Correct. And the, the, the end of the head, the, the area of the head where it sits, is clean. It's not, it's not cavitated. It's not gouged. It's not, it's not rough at all. It didn't appear to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I know it doesn't take much right. for a leak. <laughs> S- uh, stupid comment. You're, you're hand-torquing the manifold? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the only other thing you can try, I mean, listen, it, it comes down to you know, either either this leak isn't where you think it is, and that's why I was saying it, you know, I would think about maybe pressure. if you pressurize the cooling system, are you finding this leak when the engine's warm after you've run it, or are you pressurizing the cooling system using a pressure tester? Uh, no, I'm not pressurizing it. It's just, I'd, you I'd, know, I'd, I'd, Yeah, I'd love to see this with a pressure tester, all right, just so that, you know, you're not dealing with a hot engine and you can... Uh, you can kind of watch it and um, you know see where the leak is coming from, and then make a determination from there. And then at that point, I would think about if you have to pull it up again, put a little smear of RTV uh, on the head itself. I'll tell you what, Bob, stick around. We're going to be back to you after the news at the top of the hour on most of these affiliates. I'm Ron Annie, the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. 